Hello there, welcome to my podcast. As we said, we are going to be dealing with a couple of um, questions that people have when they study the scriptures. And one of such is the story of Job. Now, now Job is a very exciting book. There's so much to glean from. Um, it is believed to be the earliest book because it is written at a time when there is no record of the law, the sacrifices of the law and the ordinances and all of that. Um, nonetheless, it is you can still find in the story of Job that there is the knowledge of God not just in his own um, region, his own family, but even among his friends who came from the east. Talking about characters like Eliphaz, Bildad, Zophar, who came from Teman, you know, and all of those other regions. Um, there's so, so many things that we can um, look at in, in the book of Job, but I just want to deal with some of the most um, subtle and vital points um, that people have as questions when they address the book of Job. One of them is why would um, God begin to brag about somebody who was at peace? He was doing just fine and he was doing okay. And God was the one who drew the attention of the devil to him just so he can suffer um, for nothing. That's one of the, the excuses that people have in their grievance against God because of ignorance as to what was happening in the time of Job. Okay, so um, I, would, I would try to just deal with this aspect, you know, perhaps on subsequent podcasts would address the entire book of Job, maybe in series, um, but for now, we'll deal with some of the issues as to why those things had to happen to Job why they may not happen to the New Testament believer. Um, what is the difference between that? Is the book of Job real? Who wrote the book of Job? And and really, the questions and the answers that we have can be found in the earliest um, part of the book, the earliest chapters of the book of Job. Okay, so it opens up in chapter 1 where it says, there was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job and that man was perfect and upright and one that feared God and eschewed evil. Some theologians in trying to um, in trying to interpret the story of Job often say that you know Job that God was not the one who gave that record of Job, of him being perfect and upright, um, but it was Job's assessment of his own self. Now that can easily be knocked out by, you know, probing further in the scriptures into Ezekiel chapter fourteen, verse fourteen, and verse twenty. Ezekiel chapter fourteen, verse fourteen and verse twenty. I, I will just, I will deal with that quickly. Ezekiel chapter 14 verse 14 and verse 20 okay 
In Ezekiel chapter 14, God is speaking to the prophets and talking about the imminent judgment that is coming upon the land and how it is a certain thing. Then he says in verse 14, those these three men, Noah, Daniel, and Job, were in it. They should deliver but their own souls by their righteousness, said the Lord God. Okay, I'll go on. Verse 15 says, If I cause noisome beasts to pass through the land, and they spoil it so that it be desolate, that no man may pass through because of the beasts, though these three men were in it, as I live, said the Lord God, they shall deliver neither sons nor daughters. They shall only be delivered, but the land shall be desolate. Verse 20 says similar, Though Noah, Daniel, and Job were in it, as I live, said the Lord God, they shall deliver neither sons nor daughter. They shall but deliver their own souls by their righteousness. Okay, so if you read the entire chapter 14 in context, you will see what is being said there. There's no reason why God would call a fictitious image a Job in the same account where there's a Noah who was a real person and a Daniel who was a real person. And God is saying that when I'm going to bring judgment upon the land, even if I have Noah, Daniel and Job who seem to be model of righteousness under the law, models of righteousness under the law, um, they will not be able to save another person with their righteousness but only themselves um, to show how grievous the sins of the land had become and God needing to judge them. But that's not our discussion today. That's just a sign, a proof that the account of Job was a real story. The book of James chapter 5 verse 11 in the New Testament also talks about it where he says that you know the account of Job, you know the end of the Lord um, in the story. You can check it out. James chapter 5 verse 11 um, gives proof to the fact that there was uh, a real Job uh, who had real dealings with God and that God who boasted of Job's righteousness to the prophet Ezekiel could also have been the one speaking in Job chapter 1 um, and not Job giving that account of himself. So he says there was a man that was perfect and upright. The word perfect there can also um, be translated to be blameless. So you do not have the idea that there were sinless um, people before Jesus Christ. No, nobody was sinless before Christ came. But you do have blameless people, upright people, in the sense that they were good people. They had a, a right attitude towards justice and mercy, fairness, you know, in their dealings with people. Um, not mistreating people doing the best they could and often the bible will call them blameless that means you, you can't find fault with them not as though they were sinless but they were blameless because they were models of um in society of what being right and being good and being upright uh, should represent and so god says just to give you the idea that it was not going to be because of sin that job will be facing what he's facing but that this is the kind of person he was to begin with and he says he feared god so he had some sort of relationship with god in serving god and he eschewed evil that means he hated wickedness and ungodliness still giving you the picture of a person that 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 um that is not because of sin that he's facing these things but something else i will deal with those things in the in the accounts 
and he says, and there were born unto him seven sons and three daughters. His substance was also seven thousand sheep, three thousand camels, and five hundred yoke of oxen, and five hundred she asses, and a very great household, so that this man was the greatest of all the men of the east. So he lived in Oz, um, he was from the east, and he was a very well-to-do man. Verse 4 says, And his sons went and feasted in their houses, every one his day, and sent and called for their three sisters to eat and drink with them. Uh, verse 5 says, And it was so, when the days of their feasting was gone about, that Job sent and sanctified them, and rose up early in the morning, and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned, and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually, and we'll come back to this, and it's important in the story of Job. It says, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. Now, I will just put a pin right there to explain something that Paul said to the Corinthian church. He said, um, Know you not that you shall, that the saints shall judge the world? And then he said, that don't you know that you shall judge angels? That means that there are certain duties that um, God is carrying out right now because his sons have not yet come into the full manifestation. Um, Romans chapter 8 verse 19 says that the whole creation waited for the manifestation of the sons of God. And when God's sons are revealed in their glory, of course, then we begin to carry out those works of judging the world and judging angels but until then you see we still see god having to judge um, among the angels there's another example i believe is psalm 86 also where he says ye are gods he says god judges the congregation of the mighty l so they are divine beings who um there's a form of roll call that they have to give accounts to god on how um, things are being done and there's that picture there in which satan also shows up um some some teachers explain that that authority on which satan showed up was the authority that adam had before he fell when he fell to satan the rulership of the earth was turned over to satan and then he had the right to show up at such a gathering whatever the case is we do know that these angels come for some sort of inspection with God and God asks them questions or he asks them questions on on what they have been involved in um, in their duties and assignments and they give account to him and Satan is also amongst them um, to give account verse 7 says and the Lord said unto Satan or at least in this time in this period and the Lord said unto Satan whence comest thou that is where you coming from then satan answered the lord and said from going to and fro in the earth and walking up and down in it in it this is the first um point where we we recognize that something is going on in the story of job now later the apostle peter in first peter chapter 5 verse 8 first peter chapter 5 verse 8 will tell us be sober be vigilant because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion 
walketh about seeking whom he may devour. So we see that he's going to and fro the earth, walking up and down in it. The, the purpose for this is movement is to find those that he may devour. Um, that means he cannot devour everybody, but he's looking for those he can devour. And and Peter points that out. And so in his walking to and fro, he he has observed Job. Okay. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job? And this is the first place where people have issues with. Because they say, Job was on his own. Why did God draw Satan's attention to Job? You know, um, but they are greatly mistaken. Because if you study the Hebrew word for consider there, this is verse 8. If you study the Hebrew word for consider there, uh, have you considered it says sim, sim lib, sim lib. That is, have you set your heart on Job? Have you set your heart on my servant Job? Um, so when we say consider in the English language, many of us assume that um, God is the one drawing his attention to Job. I said, have you have you really checked out this guy, Job, in the earth? But that's not what is happening. God is really saying that have you fixed your mind on him and would understand what that means. This reminds me of uh, many times in the ministry of Jesus Christ where people would ask him questions and he would answer them according to their hearts and according to their conscience, not necessarily according to what they were saying. You know, so one guy met Jesus by the name of Nicodemus and said, what must I do to be saved? And Jesus says, be born again. Another person, because he was work-minded, um, came to Jesus and said, what must I do to be saved? And then he says, the law, you have the law. Don't kill, don't commit adultery and the rest of them. And he says, I've done all of that. And that's what Jesus was really going for that self-righteousness and says listen the first thing have no other god before me but money is your god and you have a problem with that and so jesus says sell all you have and take um take that to the poor and the man does not even say can i do half or can i do one fifth but he just i can't do any of this and it goes away because his money has eaten deep into him and so according to the questions of their heart jesus answers them and the more prolific example that I really want to give is where um, Jesus, Peter, on his way to the house, encounters some Pharisees who ask him that does your master not pay taxes or the temple tributes? You know, and Peter gets to the house, and the Bible says Jesus prevents Peter. So before Peter can speak, Jesus is the one who begins to ask him the questions that of who do the kings of the earth take tributes of their children or of strangers you know and then peter says of strangers then jesus says then the children are free uh, but just so that we can will not offend the pharisees you know go to the sea cast your hook um, open the mouth of the first fish you catch and take the coin pay for yourself and for me you know so jesus 
knows the heart of Peter and addresses something that was already a prominent thought in the mind of Peter. And that's what happens here with Satan. Satan goes to and fro the earth, walking up and down it, looking for whom he might devour. And he has noticed Job and he has set his mind on Job to destroy him, to cause him havoc, to cause him problem. And this is God now asking Satan in verse 8 that have you fixed your mind on Job because there is none like him in the earth? So you get that picture. That's what he's really saying there. Because he's a perfect man and an upright man that fears God and eschews evil. You know, is that why you have set your mind on him? And that's what is really going on. So Satan had already put his mind on Job before God was asking. And if you need more proof, we'll go on. Verse 9 says, Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for nothing? That means is he serving you for nothing? Verse 10, Has thou not made a hedge about him and about his house and about all that he had on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands and his substance is increased in the land. So what Satan is saying is that is Job serving you for nothing? Is it not because you have put a hedge about him and protected him? Clearly, this is not the first time Satan is seeing Job. For you to have recognized that there is a hedge around him, that means that you have tried to attack, you have observed him, you've tried to devour him, and you've realized that there is something preventing, which is the hedge. And so Satan did set his mind on Job and wanted to attack him, um, but the hedge was preventing and so it was not God drawing Satan's attention to Job Satan's attention was already drawn to Job because of his character but God was asking or exposing or revealing the thought of his mind okay and so Satan says but put forth thy hand now and touch all that he hath and he will curse thee to thy face verse 12 Okay, and the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power. Only upon himself do not put forth thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. So watch this. Why did God permit Satan to deal with Job? Job was a good guy. He had been doing well so far. On what rights? And I'm going to just quickly point some of these things out. Why, why did God permit Satan to, to deal with Job um, as to, as to this, this situation that he found himself and that we know is popular with the story of Job? Okay, I have a point here. He says that Job did not have the righteousness of Christ but his own. Even though God approved, yet is not enough legal defense against Satan's attack in the place of condemnation and I would explain now if Satan had an, was trying to attack Job's family or Job's business you know then the righteousness of Job his being a good person his being upright can serve as a defense to prevent Satan's involvement you know through sin ungodliness disobedience People open the door to any to the enemy to plague them to cause havoc in their lives and all of that. And so, if Satan was going after his family, his business, whatever it was, 
the righteousness of Job could have served as a defense against such attack of the enemy. But Satan was not going for those things. What Satan was really going for was that righteousness. And was the, that is the righteousness of Job. And so Satan attacks the righteousness of Job and says, Listen, this guy is only righteous because you have protected him and you have kept him. Now, Job is not using the righteousness of Christ that is perfect, that is complete, that is whole, that has stood the test of time. Job is using his own righteousness. And God is the just judge. So what is God's defense for Job? What is Job's defense for his righteousness? He has to go through a test for him to be able to prove that, listen, this righteousness that I have is not just because God is being good to me and protecting me. It is a sure righteousness. It is a true righteousness. God has to let that righteousness be tested. Now, if it was the righteousness of Christ imputed, of course, Satan cannot test. uh, Or if it was a New Testament believer and Satan tried to attack that righteousness, of course, the believer would just say, listen, my righteousness may not be perfect, but I'm, I'm using the Lord's righteousness Isaiah chapter 45 for in the Lord have I righteousness and strength okay so he could have just said you know it is the Lord's righteousness that I use and that is perfect you cannot attack it you can't attack the righteousness of God okay but this is his own righteousness and he has to defend his righteousness and so God the just judge has to prove that listen even though his righteousness is not complete is not perfect it is not the righteousness of Christ it can't stand the test of time against you and so i would let you prove that job is not just serving me for the good that i've done to him and so the fact that job is using his own righteousness is um, and it is not a legal defense against satan's attack in the place of condemnation is a reason why that door was open to him another reason um, why that door was hope, was open to to Job is self the self righteousness of Job because Job also believed in his own righteousness and he thought it was enough defense um, against the suffering and the hardship that he was um, facing. So this is it. Ever before Job had. Um, that experience of suffering at the hands of Satan. The mindset and idea that Job had was that not only did God see him as a good person, an upright person, but Job also saw himself as a good person, an upright person, a perfect person. And that was his problem. Because in his own eyes, he had assumed that he, he was good enough um, to receive the blessings of God and to be protected against whatever the enemy had against him, which was not completely true, entirely true. And what happened was that when he began to suffer the test, even though he did not curse God as Satan wanted, he did begin to misunderstand the judgment of God and think that he was right and God was unfair with dealing with him because of self-righteousness okay and you can find that in job chapter 38 we'll look through it quickly 
Job chapter 38, verse 40. Job chapter 38, verse 40. And this is one of the reasons why God allowed Satan to do it. Because even though Satan's plan was to destroy Job, God knew it would not destroy Job. However, the things that were imperfect with Job, um, like the self-righteousness problem, can be fixed through the, the hardship he was going to face. Job chapter 38 verse 40. It says, Job chapter 38 rather verse 1. Verse 1 says, Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkened counsel by words without knowledge? So you see that. So Job had begun to speak a lot of things that were not wise. And and in chapter 40 verse 2, it says, From verse 1, it says, Moreover, the Lord answered Job and said, Shall he that contended with the Almighty instruct him? He that reproved God, let him answer it. Okay, verse 14. Verse 8. Will thou disannul my judgment? Will thou condemn me that thou mayest be righteous? Uh, verse 14. From verse 13, it says, Hide them in the dust together, bind their faces in secret. Verse 14. Then will I confess unto thee that thine own right hand shall can save thee. Okay. The right hand is the arm of your strength. And so God was saying that if you could do all of this, answer all of these questions that I have, this is at the end, after Job's friend have, friends have spoken, after Job um, had begun to boast of his, his own righteousness and act as though God was m- m- mistreating him or maltreating him, then God began to speak to Job. Um, this... This is the place where God is responding to Job and he's saying, listen, are you going to disannul my judgment uh, and condemn me to prove that you are right? You know, because Job had got into this place um, and his friends in the accusations had pushed him to this place. Isaiah chapter 64 verse 6 says that our righteousness is as filthy rags. You know, but Job did not have that knowledge at the time. He felt that what he was putting out was enough and that if he was suffering when he was putting out good, then God must have been mistreating him. And this was one of the things that God was going to use the experience to train him into understanding that, listen, I called you good, I called you perfect, I called you righteous, that's that's okay, but don't let it get into your head because you are still not perfect in the sense of sinless perfection. You still don't have everything right with you. Um, and don't think that when you encounter hardship and sufferings, it's because I'm not treating you rightly. Listen, the righteousness you were built on was not firm enough to withstand the attack of the enemy. Um, and that's another thing that Job had to deal with. Um, the third thing that Job had to deal with, which is very vital, is that he had no mediator. He had no mediator and when satan attacked his righteousness he had he didn't have a christ like in our own generation the new testament uh, covenant we have christ as an advocate he didn't have a mediator to speak of his own righteousness on behalf of job okay and we would see that in job chapter 9 verse 33 job chapter 9 verse 33 this is something job discovers himself 
in the midst of his complaint, uh, Job says that neither is there any days man. The word days man there means mediator. Mediator is a person who brings two parties together to settle their dispute. And says, Neither is there any mediator, days man, between us um, that may lay his hand upon both of us. Okay. He says, Let him take his word away from me. Let not his fear terrify me. So this is why Job was still feeling he was mistreated by God. Job is also saying that he it's unfortunate for him that he has nobody to settle his issue with God. Then verse 35, then would I speak and not fear him, but it was not so with me. You know, so this is Job's problem. No advocate, no mediator at this time. Because Christ had not come and done the perfect work for us. But first Timothy 2:5 says, For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. And this happened after Christ be- came and died for our sins. First John chapter 2, verse 1. John there says that I, my little children, I write these things to you that you sin not. And if you sin, you have an advocate with the Father. Okay, so this is another thing that Job did not have at the time. An advocate to argue his cause with the Father. It was his own righteousness, which was not perfect, that he was built on. And he needed to, to prove because it was attacked. He had to prove it because it was attacked. Okay, and the next point is the ignorance concerning the devices of Satan at the time. The ignorance concerning the devices of Satan at the time. You see, in the entire Old Testament, the name Satan shows up only 15 times. 15 times. Um, and out of the 15 times, Job's story has 11 of them. 11 of them um, one time the name Satan shows up when David numbers Israel another time when David in the Psalms is praying against the one who betrays him but is prophetically speaking against the ones who betrayed Christ and praying against um, praying against him but 11 of the 15 times Satan is mentioned in the Old Testament is in the story of Job now it is believed that Job started writing his account, but Moses finished the account by some scholars. Nonetheless, at the time of this happening, Job did not know what was going on in heaven. Job did not know the conversation between God and Satan on his behalf. Job did not know Satan was the one involved in causing him problem. It must have been at the end of the ordeal that he had some clarity and understanding that this is what he went through if he was the one indeed that wrote the story or it was Moses who wrote the entire thing um, of course we know Moses wrote the Genesis so he has already been writing by inspiration and revelation and so someone like such as Moses would have known this supernatural or the spiritual um, discourse that happened that affected Job but the revelation of of the manifestation of Satan's works were not a very popular knowledge in the Old Testament. Why? Because they did not have enough resources in the terms of authority, in the knowledge of God and his power, and and spiritual authority really, to address those things and to conquer it. And so what God did was use obedience to shield them. So he would say, if you obey me, 
none of this will be brought upon you. I will not bring things upon you. I will not bring this upon you. If you disobey me, these things will happen to you. These things will happen to you. And many of those things were really Satan who was walking through evil men to bring hardship on the children of Israel. But they did not know much about him. And so they just needed to rely on obedience with God to stay safe and stay protected. Christ had not come. And that's why when Jesus Christ comes, then you begin to see a lot of people were demon-possessed. A lot of people, you know, were, were having sicknesses and diseases that were demons actively present, causing them. And he's casting out a lot of demons. Then he gives that authority to the church. Um, and the Bible reveals how God anointed Jesus Christ with the Holy Ghost and power. And he went about doing good and healing all them that were oppressed of the devil because the Lord... The Lord was with him. God was with him. Um, and so those works, the Bible says that for this reason was the Son of God made manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. It is when Jesus showed up that we knew that Satan was really the one causing all of those problems. Um, but until that, the, the, the revelation of his works were not really exposed to, to, to that extent. And because Satan, Job did not know much about Satan at the time of his ordeal, he was not um, well armed to be able to deal with those things in the place of prayer. Um, for instance, if Satan tries to attack you, attack your loved ones, attack your health or something, in the name of Jesus, you can rebuke his works and his operations, you can cast him out. Um, and he would have to obey because Jesus has won and has the victory. But Job, Job did not know any of this at the time. You know, an, an example of, of Satan's work being manifest in his life is found in Job 1.11. Okay, so this is Satan telling God, But put forth thine hand and touch all that he hath, and he will curse you to your face. You know, so Satan's agenda is to get Job to curse God. But in chapter 2, verse 9, we see that Job's wife says to him, so this is what it says, Then said Job's wife, then said his wife unto him, Doth thou retain thy integrity, curse God, and die? So the very things Satan wanted was what Job's wife was advising him to do. So in the spiritual realm, Satan was planning something and then is using a human being to accomplish that. To Job. Job was ignorant of Satan's devices at the time. You know, and so Job responds to the woman, verse 10, saying, But he said unto her, Thou speaketh as one of the foolish women speaketh. He thought it was the woman who was just being foolish. What we receive, what we receive good at the hand of God, shall we not also receive evil in it says, In all these things, Job did not sin with his lips. Clearly, we see that it was not. God's hand who was causing him this evil. You see that it was Satan who caused him the evil. But he addressed the woman, not knowing it was the devil walking through her. If it was Jesus, he would have said, Get thee behind me, Satan. You know, he also believed that it was God, you know, who who was causing that to happen to him because he was ignorant of, of Satan's devices. Second Corinthians 2 11. You know, but the Bible says that in all of this. Job did not sin because he did not curse God um, as Satan wanted. Another thing um, 
that was his problem as to why he had to deal with that was is that through the ordeal Job was not praying offering prayers unto God about the situation he did curse himself cause the day he was born cause the sun moon and stars his feelings his affections because of pain and grief he complained the entire time but we don't see records of him praying you know in job chapter 15 verse 4 actually you see him being accused of not praying about it now many people think that because god said the friends of job did not portray him correctly that means everything they said were wrong no they were not necessarily wrong um but that they were wrongly applied to job because they were condemning him for what he didn't do wrong you know so they were wrongly applying those things to job and that's why they were wrong many of those things were good principles that are correct you know but they were wrongly applied and they were said from a place of condemnation not in a place of comfort to a friend who was grieving you know and so one of the things that they said in observing job in chapter 15 verse 4 it says yea thou casted off fear that is reverence and worship and restrained prayer before god so job was no longer praying at the time because of grief he was really pained and bothered and worried and was grieving and was complaining and murmuring but not praying you know and, and so that was a problem that he had to deal with and the final thing that i have written out here is fear fear was another thing that opened the door to satan having access into his life um that the head was removed now very important because even if you're doing the right thing with the spirit of fear you still give satan um space the bible talked about how being under the law you know the people were in bondage to the fear of death that is to the people to him who had the power of death that is the devil hebrews chapter 2 verse 9 if i remember correctly you know so through fear they were kept in bondage um because fear gives satan um an access even if you are doing the right thing if a person is doing the right thing out of fear it means they are not exhibiting faith even though they are doing what is right and where there is no faith it is sin you know and so satan takes um that advantage to get into a person's life and so we see that in job chapter 3 verse 25 to 26 job chapter 3 verse 25 to 26 you know there we see that job is complaining and then he says verse 25 for the thing which i greatly feared is come upon me so even though he was serving god he was afraid that he may one day lose everything and he says and that which i was afraid of is come unto me verse 26 he says i was not in safety so even when he was serving god he was not safe because he was always worried was always afraid was always bothered he says neither had i rest was not within was and you need to understand that rest is the attitude of faith um the bible says even god rested when he was done with the work and we are expected to join him in that rest he that joins him in the rest has ceased from his own effort and labors 
you know so job did not have rest because he was constantly afraid that he would lose lose these things he says neither was i quiet yet trouble came so he says even though i was afraid trouble still came because fear opens the door you know now you would understand why god seemed to have given that license um but really it was job who opened the head who opened the door through um his self-righteousness that needed to be fixed through the situation um the satan's attack on his righteousness that so it needed to be defended by him proving that it was it was um true and not um um fair weather righteousness if i may use those words we saw he didn't have a mediator you know to speak and to plead his cause like the new testament believer does was he was not founded on christ's righteousness that is a perfect defense for us but his own that needed to be defended um we see that he was not praying but he was complaining and f- right now we are dealing with the issue of fear he says the thing that i've greatly feared has come upon me he said i was not in safety i did not have rest yet trouble still came and we see an example of that in job chapter one Job chapter 1. The Bible says that after his children will do parties, Job will gather them, he will call them Job chapter 1, verse 5. He says, And it was so when the days of their feasting was gone about that Job sent and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning. That's not a bad thing, that's a good thing. And offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. Still a good thing. Then this is this is the point where he makes the mistake. He says, For Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus, Job did continually. And so his actions kept being from a place of fear. He was trying to serve God and please God, yes. But it was fear. Fear. Supposition. Maybe they've done this. Maybe they've done that. Not from a place of genuinely wanting to pre- preserve your family, cover your family, raise them up in the right way. But because you are constantly afraid that something will happen. you know, And Satan capitalizes on that to cause him problems okay um this is i try to to put a lot into this podcast into this short time um to to deal with some of the issues why job had to deal with what he faced um and i think if you listen to it again and again compare some of the scriptures that we have mentioned you recognize um, how this all fit in i would love to hear from you whatever questions you have about it whatever views you have about it um, and subsequently we may discuss other things that that pertain to the life of job i hope you are really blessed by this one and this is my first podcast my first recording and subsequent ones will come out that I believe would bless you. Again, I pray God blesses you as you listen. Share, like, comment, post, send your send in your questions, and we'll see you again on the next time we discuss the word. Cheers.